You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Many of us would probably find it rather challenging to forsake a palace lifestyle of servants, exotic foods, and luxury living. Not only would this be a challenge in and of itself, but then to go on to lead a nation out of the bondage of Egypt would probably be unimaginable. However, as Pastor Danny teaches in his message today, this is the exact thing that Moses did. In his study, you'll learn about the faithfulness of Moses, who not only abandoned his life of luxury, but responded to God's call to act in faith. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, with today's edition of The Living Word. Hebrews chapter 11, and we begin where we left off, verse 23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw He was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. We'll learn what that edict was in a moment. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. A few verses, three main points in those verses. But before we get into it, Leave the text, go all the way back to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 1. Now, stay alert because i got a few verses to read here, but it's, a, it's an amazing story. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. Now, Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. Then a new king who did not know about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them. They made them slaves to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. 
They made their lives bitter with hard labor and brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Pua, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a boy, kill him. And the idea is we'll limit their multiplication. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. And then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why, why have you let the boys live? Now, I love their answer. Get their answer. Listen. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. They're tough. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Now he's plotting and including his own people to try to get the end that he is intending. Now, how in the world would he convince even the Egyptians uh, to throw uh, their baby boys in the Nile? Well, you have to understand that culture. And even though it's hard to relate to, they worship the gods of the Nile. And so he presented this as an act of worship. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now, a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then notice this, verse 7. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter. So sister of Moses comes out of wherever she was watching what's going to happen. She goes to Pharaoh's daughter and she says, shall I get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She says, yes, great idea. And the girl went and got the baby's mother and, of course, her own mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. What providence of heaven, man, to work out this kind of deal that mom gets the baby back and gets on the payroll of the palace to take care of her own child. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, probably right after he was weaned, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water, because that's what Moses means, to draw out. So I'll name him to draw out. Story continues, verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, stop there a minute. What did our text say? Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's this part in the story. How old was he? Probably about 40 years old. We know, we'll see in a minute, he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. 
He spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness with the Israelites. He died at age 120, according to Deuteronomy, so you can easily do the math. He's about 40 years old here. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. Did you get that? He killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? I can just see Moses' face at that moment. Then Moses was afraid, and he thought, what I did must have become known. And when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now, a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. So shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. Here's what we know about that, uh, about Moses in that part of the story. He's a macho man. He is a macho man. Acts 7 tells us that Moses was powerful in speech and action. He grew up being known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He's powerful. Uh, he's, he knows how to get things done. And he's, he's pretty built, obviously, to do what he does here. When the girls returned to rule their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? And they said, well, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. Now, he's not an Egyptian, but he's been living in Egypt in the palace, grown up, known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So after that long, you, you dress like an Egyptian, uh, you talk like an Egyptian, you, I know, I can't help it every time I do the story, he, he walked like an Egyptian. I didn't write the story. They said an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And so dad says, where is he? Why did you leave him? Why, why didn't you bring him home? Something to eat? So they went and got him. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him, get this now, Gershom, saying, I've become an alien in a foreign land. <laughs> I feel sorry for that kid. What a name. It means an alien there. Because Moses says, I've become an alien in a foreign land. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. 
If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.